Hey everybody, welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm Brandon David. Info-packed episode. We've got a great interview. We have Chris, the CEO, founder of Blaze, one of the biggest POS and software companies around. It is a great convo about software and startups and raising money and acquiring customers and moving into new markets. Uh, one of my favorites in a bit. I know I say that a lot, but Chris is great. Uh, it's part of the continuing series in my partnership with OnFleet. They're a great partner of OnFleets, and uh, you'll see why. You'll see why they fit together super, super well. Chris is also just a super smart guy. I loved the conversation. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. Thanks so much for having me here, man, yeah, to your office in Newport Beach, which is my hometown, uh, but not someplace I work a lot, someplace I come to see my parents and hang out, but beautiful day. We got a little palm trees here. We got some secret uh, product information on the wall behind you, <laughs> but we'll be as sensitive as possible. First of all, just welcome. Thanks for thanks for being on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me and appreciate you coming out and being able to do something in person. In person is amazing, so great, right? So, so. cool. Um, okay, well, let's just get started. What is Blaze? Yeah, what is Blaze? Blaze is a technology company. We focus on the cannabis sector right now, uh, focused on the entire supply chain, uh, very heavy on retail specifically and delivery, uh, doubling down there, but uh, that's that's what we do. Um, we're really excited about the industry, really excited about what's going on, some of the movements. So unpack industry. that a little bit. You, yeah. you offer a suite of different products. We do. Take me through a little bit of those at a high level, if you will. Yeah, sure. So we have uh, Blaze Retail at the start. That is, you know, for storefront operators. We also have delivery nested in, in there. We'll definitely talk about that as we get going mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. uh, then we've got Blaze uh, Distro or Distribution, which is our distro product or, uh, you know, wholesale uh, type of product. And then we've got uh, Blaze Grow, which is our cultivation suite. Mm -hmm. So those things together is the Blaze suite of products at the moment. So if I put my technology hat on for mm -hmm. a second... There's two schools of thought here, right? There's one that says you're going to use one provider for all of your software needs and I'm going to build a full suite of products. Yep. Similar to what you just described, right? Or there's uh, a school of thought in the world that says I'm going to do what I do really, really well and I'm going to make my app yep. and you're going to use Waze on your phone because that's what I do, period, right? How do you rectify that in your mind? Yeah, it's an interesting question it comes up a lot especially when we're talking to investors right focus here rather than you know go tackle a thousand things at once um so the way i look at this and the way uh, my cto uh, chief product officer and i we all agree on this approach is there's fundamental building blocks that are the same across the supply chain and if you break those down really and you look at these things it's you know inventory well that is a function that is required right and that is what obviously adding inventory deducting inventory managing inventory a lot of commonalities right there. Yes, there's some nuances at the distro level or at the retail level, at the grow level, sure. But build general building blocks that then can be adapted and leveraged. And so if you look at the Blaze architecture, it's a very, you know, it is a microservice-based architecture. So sorry, I'm getting technical no, go ahead. already, yeah. but go ahead. we've got APIs for everything that we do. So again, you want to update inventory, that's one call and it, all of our services leverage that. Got and it. so these common building blocks allow us to tackle this what looks to be a pretty you know diverse suite of products but use core funding fundamental building blocks to get us you know call it 80 to 90 percent through the product line and then tweak certain workflow things and when you look at what's been successful yeah 
the product lines that have worked, uh, how ready are you to say like, ah, this one didn't work, let's try something else, you know? Is that is there pivotability there, if that's a word? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, there's, uh, if you look at the history just outside of cannabis, right, there's many companies that try to do these things, right, and it's sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So for us, we're not quite there yet. We're still in the building phase. I would say, you know, on retail specifically, we got product market fit, we're flying. That's where you started, right? That is POS. That's where we started, yep. yep. Uh, if you look at distribution, if you look at grow, making tremendous strides, especially this year, especially with this recent injection of capital. So um, we want to see this play out a little bit more. We feel like, you know, if you, as you look at the broader landscape of well, where can we go sell, um, some states are requiring, you know, vertical integration. And so we want to go play there, mm -hmm. right? And so we, we often view those products today as kind of enablers of retail. But at the end of the day, we want these things to stand on their own two feet. Um, which, you know, we're on our way to do. So time will tell. I think 2022 is going to be um, really where we start to look at that that question a bit more, mm, a mm. bit more seriously. Let's back up a little bit. What year did you start this company? Uh, let's see. We officially founded the company in 2016. Mm -hmm. It was like, we're going to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and that's really... And you were doing what at the time? At the time, let's see. I had just finished, or uh, just, you know, put in my two weeks basically at a ad agency called Rosetta. Mm -hmm. um, did a lot of work with Samsung as a client um, and was just- In Orange County or where were No, you? that was in San Luis Obispo. Uh -huh. That was where their headquarters was. Yeah. Um, they eventually, that company got bought by Publicist Group, massive French conglomerate, right? Um, but uh, that's where I met my CTO. That's uh, where I really got my hands pretty dirty with technology and running sprints, running teams, right? Building, being a business analyst, that's what I did, right? So building the, the requirements for these, you know, marketing projects that we were doing for Samsung was pretty fun. And I was transitioning out of that and moving up to San Francisco to go work at Amazon Web Services out of the Bay Area, um, which was just an incredible Never journey. heard of it. Is yeah, that, is right. that a big deal? Or? Yeah. What, what did you do there? What did you do? Yeah, there? so at uh, AWS ended up starting as a uh, account manager for the Bay Area. So mm -hmm. I was really lucky, I was one of three to cover kind of the SMB market, which wow. is all the hot startups. Yeah. Um, and work with the CTOs, with the engineering teams, get, you know, compute, uh, databases, storage, all, I'd sell pretty much the entire suite of products. Uh-huh. And that. how technical are you? I mean, obviously you understand and discuss these things. Are you an engineer yourself? No, I'm not. No, uh, I went neither. to school, yeah. business uh, degree with information systems background, so mm -hmm. I, I can build databases, I can do stuff, mm -hmm. um, but do I code today? No. Do yeah. I do a lot of architecture? Yes, that's one of my favorite things to do. And I think this is a very common misnomer among young people that want to be in software or want to start a software company. Mm -hmm. It's like, I have to know how to code. And like, look, if that's your strength and that's what you do, use it, you know? Mm -hmm. But you do not need to know how to code to start a company. More Now more than ever, you don't need that. And I just think it's really interesting that people still have like these things in their mind, like these rules. Like, yeah. oh, I didn't go to school for that. And it's like, well, okay, so. You know, I big shout out to uh, Cal Poly, San Luis Obispo. Yeah. That's where I went. D1 soccer player there. Uh, just, wow. you know, they have a, this saying, I mean, it's the, the, you know, learn by doing. And I just fundamentally have embraced that in my life for mm -hmm. everything that I've done. And I think, you know, it's a, it's a great thing for those that have that kind of, you know, pre-con, uh, preconceived notion of what something is like, no, go into it with an open mind and you can do anything. It's pretty fantastic. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. As I look at the cannabis industry, particularly in terms of software, there is a lack of innovation. There's a lot of copycats out there. Yep. 
You've been doing this a little while. There's a few other handful of companies, which everybody knows, they've been on this show too, that have been doing this and have some real expertise. And then there's a lot of other companies out there that at best are copycats. Sure. Obviously, in some ways, this is uh, self-fulfilling. You know, it, it's, a, it's a good validation point for you. But when you see X number of whatever companies that say seed to sale or this or that, like, how does that make you feel at this point, you know, in 2021? Like, yeah, I think uh, definitely um, when you look at the, the cannabis technology market, it is, uh, there's a lot of people in it. And I think what I try to focus on, what I have the, the, the whole company focus on is our customers. We say customer focus and we have some of the best customers in California, some of the best customers across the nation. When we get to, you know, work with them side by side, it, it, yes, we need to be aware of what's going on with other competitors. Yes, there's a lot of them out there, but at the end of the day, we know we are winning deals. We know we're getting great operators and we're getting great feedback. Those, you know, staying focused on that while being, yes, aware of the competitors, it's just what you need to do. So we kind of put the, I'd say put the blinders on, but we are, you know, dead focused on just getting that customer feedback in, building with them, because everything is changing at the moment. It's not going to stop for a little bit. Both operations, um, you know, uh, policy, compliance, all that stuff. And so yep. um, I would say that's, that's my answer to that. Uh, but I just know, um, you know, as long as we continue to get those new sales in every month and continue to get great operators on, then we're on to something. Let's yep. stay focused on it. I think another really good benchmark is anytime you raise money. Yep. Um, and you guys have just raised us. How much was the round? Yeah, it was an $8 million Series A. And did you talk about valuation yet, or is that public or no? Uh, it's not public at got the it. time. Okay, yeah, got, it, got, time. It, got it, got it. So $8 million is a nice chunk, Yeah. right? Um, how much did you raise to date before that? Uh, 1.5 before. 1.5. So that was a big step up, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure, because I've been in many of these conversations, the conversation became much more about metrics this time around, right? When you're raising that chunk of money. Yep. Is there a metric or a KPI or something that keeps you up at night? You know, what's the first thing you check in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, first thing I check in the morning is actually our GMV. Okay. <laughs> I always am looking at how much money is actually flowing through the ecosystem. Yes. Uh, for me, that really determines, hey, one, are our customers getting stronger themselves? We want strong customers to be with us and grow with us, right? So I get to get a measure of that. Two are some of the features that we're releasing actually increasing volume because that's mm -hmm. at the end of the day our core focus. Yep. Um, so that's one that I look at pretty damn closely and all and, the time. And did that metric to GMV turn out to be very relevant for the investors as well? This this tranche of investors. I think it showed, um, you know, it, it showed the investors that uh, there's high activity on our platform, mm. and when you see high activity in a space which has a, experienced a lot of churn. Mm -hmm. um, it is a really good thing. Yeah. And so I think that's really what gave them the confidence that the product is there, it's moving, we're processing a lot of sales, a lot of transactions. And I think, um, you know, the data sets too are also um, pretty interesting to go with it. Without being too specific, um, give us some sense of scale. You know, how big is this company? How many customers, GMV, whatever, however you want to yeah, call it. Yeah, um, really proud to say right now we're about 36, 37 employees wide. Okay. Um, all across, you know, all across the U.S. Um, from a customer standpoint, um, well over 300 at the moment. Um, last year, I can say we processed over a billion dollars through the platform. 
That's a big number. We got bees. Bees are big numbers. Yeah. So, um, you know, this year we're expecting to do much more than that. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's roughly where we're at. I would say California definitely is our, our core market. It's where we're known for. If you look out from, well, we're in Santa Ana here for those that can't see us. Um, we're kind of in Santa Ana. We're in like this Irvine, Newport, Newport Beach, Triangle. Santa Ana airport situation but yeah. i grew up here so yeah yeah so a lot of the dispensaries around are using blaze it's pretty cool yep, to see that people is cool. in, the, in your backyard that leveraging cool. your, your software so um yeah that's that's roughly where we're at we want to you know from a um a team standpoint want to kind of plug us here that we are looking for great engineers great sales folks support um we're trying to get to you know 60 70 by the end of the year so um, we are looking for a lot of great, great talent out there. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> Mostly sales and marketing folks or engineering? Uh, that, or? Uh, engineering, um, uh, sales uh, sales, and also like support as well. Those yep. are just, you just can't get enough, can't get enough of them. So when you talk about growing in magnitudes of scale and software, you took a deep breath when yeah. I said that. Why? Um, because it's one thing to talk about it, it's one thing to deal with it. It's hard. Yeah. These so, are hard problems. Yes. It's not like standing up a little something on AWS, right? It's, no. These are real problems now, right? It, what's the biggest problem you're dealing with today? I, you, your reaction was telling. So. Yeah, no, I think, I, I want to say problem. It's, uh, I look at these as opportunities, okay. right? And so um, this the sheer volume of data. It's been really fun to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, our infrastructure, by the way, I got to say, it's super sound. So I'm not worried about that. It's more of a the intelligence right around the data sets that we're getting, mm -hmm. right? How do we increase intelligence to you know, back to our merchants, back to our core customers to help drive the business forward? Mm -hmm. um, and so we've been really working hard on that. We've got some really good stuff coming out in, in Q3 coming up here, Q4 um, around that topic. So that's been, um, it's been on my mind recently a lot. So that's certainly technical concerns, which are very, very relevant. Yep. On the commercial side, traditionally you can grow by acquiring yep. customers or you can grow by integrating with other players, partnering with yep. other players that have access to those customers, right? Now, the truth is usually somewhere in the middle, right? You kind of do both. Mm -hmm. you've, talked, you've talked a little bit about uh, the robust API, which I talk a lot about with OnFleet, as well as the Flower Agency, and like, yep. how do we all work together here, right? Um, you also may, talked about data. So I wanna ask you about headset a yep. little bit. Where do you guys overlap? Do you help each other? Is it competitive? I think it's still kind of hazy, pun intended, the data <laughs> world in this industry. Yeah. Um, well, specific, you know, uh, I guess just to address the API question. Yeah, go ahead first. So, uh, you know, we, as I mentioned earlier, we're a microservice-based architecture. That means that every function, every button you see has an API behind it that we're calling, a, a common API. And so we expose a lot of what you see on the UI, the interface, uh, programmatically via the API. And mm -hmm. that allows companies like KMJ hey, to build on top of our software and, and really you know, pick the right tool for the right job and create a seamless experience. Mm -hmm. um, and as you dive deeper into that, that allows companies like Headset right, to go ahead and pull data. Now, I must say, you know, customers have to opt in. They have to give a, an API key and give certain permissions against that API key, ultimately give that to Headset, and that yeah. allows them to come into the ecosystem and, and help gather and, and present data, right? Um, like forecasting inventory, sales projections, things of that nature. Um, but and yeah, we're resurfacing that data in your product pretty cleanly, or? Yeah, I would say our, um, again, the API, um, you know, good data in, good data out, right? Mm -hmm. We pass good data to our partners. In this case, you know, headsets really just reading the data. If a customer, yeah. you know, ops lets them lets them do that. Um, and you mentioned, you know, are they 
you asked, are they a competitor? What's the stance? Or no, we're great partners, actually. Yep. Uh, yep. If you go look back at it, Psy, uh, you know, obviously a headset there, and I, they were our first partner back yep. in 2017, our very first one. So uh, it's been a long-standing relationship. Um, I, you know, I say this a lot. I said this at AWS as well, but it's all about the right tool uh, for the job, mm -hmm. right? Right tool, right job. And so in this case, if someone's not giving, you know, the data sets or the data presented in the fashion that they want, you know, sometimes headset can do that for them. Yep. So let's let them use that tool. Understood. Um, and we take that approach across the board. And that's why you're winning, I yeah. think, man. There's people that are so protective, and I won't name any names, but they yeah. don't want to play nice with others. And I just don't think that's the way to succeed in the modern this, technology. If you're playing in this world of inventory control, inventory control is the heart of the business. Yep. And it is, you can't say inventory without compliance nowadays. Yep. If you don't pump, if you are the heart of the business and you don't pump blood to the extremities, guess what? Piece by piece by piece, it's going to fall apart. And so we've taken that approach that we understand where we sit, partly because of my experience. I used to own a uh, delivery service and we haven't really talked about that yet. We're getting there. Um, but, uh, you know, I, just need everything working together. That's what I need to happen yep. as an operator. And you just so, need it to work. Yeah, so not all integrations are equal. We always yep. say that here at Plays because yep. when someone claims to have integration, we're like, okay, well, what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, what, what's moving here? Let's, let's talk about it. Um, and so taking that solution forward approach that, you know, again, it's there's going to be a couple different pieces to this solution set. Um, so speaking of partners, one of your long-term partners on fleet yeah. on the delivery side. Shout out to um, Rob. Shout out to Robert and Holland and Mikel and David and the whole crew. I was number five or six at OnFleet, so um, they're near and dear to my heart. Yep. And if I weren't doing such amazing things in the world, I would still work there. Absolutely. Yeah, I saw your LinkedIn. You gave him a lot nice shout out on uh, your like best company I've ever worked for. I I mean it, man. <laughs> uh, but anyway, That's awesome. It's really cool because when I left OnFleet. There were so many verticals that they serviced, and they still do. I mean, it's not just cannabis. No. But over the few years that I've been gone, cannabis has continued to become a more and more important segment. So now we've kind of come back around and said, like, okay, well, like, Brandon, how can we work together? Because, like, there's more on that side than we originally anticipated or wanted to anticipate, whatever. You know, there's a lot of politics involved with cannabis, as you know. So tell us a little bit about the integration there. And like, why has that been so successful, that partnership between OnFleet and Blaze? So, I mean, it really comes back to our, you know, core focus as a, I won't say core focus, but like the founding focus for the software product, for the, the, the retail product. I mean, I wanted it to be a delivery software. That was something that was missing um, from an operations perspective. Yes, there's logistics, of course, we've got to worry about that, but at the same time, just the inventory handling for delivery is different. A lot of things are different when you talk about this. Um, and so we set out and we built, you know, I think one of the first uh, dedicated dispatch consoles within a point of sale, I think ever. I was pretty excited about it and it still is kicking butt today. But we've always doubled down on delivery. We knew this was gonna be a huge um, piece of the business. I think we predicted it a little bit better than, than others, yeah. but um, that ultimately set us up to, to meet OnFleet, ultimately set us up to get this integration going with OnFleet. And so today, I think we've got some of the largest delivery operators on our platform in conjunction with OnFleet and Blaze. Um, the reason why- Is there a success story that we want to talk about? Yeah, that... we got a ton of them. I mean, you yeah. look out, uh, one of them's documented actually on our blog, but uh, Mount Remedy. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, great, yeah. you know, absolutely great company. They're going to be area. on the show soon too. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. So- The delivery uh, company. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing cool. company out there. Big shout out. Um, they, uh, uh, so just to put it all together, right? Sure, for people sure. that don't step back. understand, right? Yeah. Um, 
take us through that process. So I want to order weed, right? Yep. And I find Mountain Remedy somehow yep. through their advertising or sure. a billboard. Maybe I go there. Where where am I? Where's the landing page for Mountain Remedy, and how does that relate to what you guys do? Yeah, so uh, in Mountain Remedy, they're using uh, some really cool technology. I, I believe it's proprietary to them, but they're uh -huh. hitting our Blaze API. So as a consumer, you're on their site. One, you're going to start adding things to the cart. Well, first off, you have to see the products. Those are getting pulled directly from the Blaze API being displayed. Um, and then from there, you're adding things to the cart, right? Every time you add something to the cart, depending on how they built it, you're going to hit the API either every time or when you finally submit the cart. So that is Blaze behind the scenes, returning back the correct taxes, returning, returning back the correct fees based off of business logic within Blaze. Uh, once that order goes through or is submitted, ultimately, all that information comes into the back end of Blaze to the dispatch center. Um, the order is then accepted, and the order is now in, on fleet as an unassigned order, or in some cases, I, gotta, I, don't, I don't believe it is the case with, on, with uh, Mount Remedy, but in some delivery cases, it gets automatically assigned. Right. So in Mount Remedy. Which is the, super powerful to think it's about. Pretty. Awesome. You know, this is like the Tesla of, of weed delivery here, yeah. right? Like, it's automated. Which, which still, I think, for a lot of cannabis people, like, doesn't make sense. But, like, the idea that someone could order and have it transacted and routed appropriately to the right driver automatically yeah. is, like, so that's, what? It's, like, that's why we, we love OnFleet. It's like, okay, we got an order. Let's push it over to them. As soon as, and I mentioned not all integrations are equal, and this is where I think we get to, to show the prowess here is, you know, their dispatching team can really stay in OnFleet and just, you know, auto optimize the routes, right? Auto assign the routes within OnFleet, it's a two-way integration. And so as soon as they make a change within OnFleet, we get that update and we move things around within Blaze. Um, we can assign orders within Blaze if you want and it updates in, in OnFleet. Um, so all these things are happening. Notes go over, you know, there's a lot of detail that's shared um, to try and keep these two things in sync. So everything, everyone knows uh, from an operations perspective, what's going on, what's the next route, what this order came, came in, it hasn't been assigned yet, let's build that route up. Um, so that two-way integration is just incredibly important to keep operations moving slowly, or quickly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> slowly, <laughs> quickly. Depending on how much cannabis you've had, it's quickly <laughs> or slowly. It depends. Um, so I think one of the troubling parts of delivery is if you look around the country as an extension of the world, we're still not really sure cannabis delivery should exist. We take it for granted in California, right? Yep. Um, but I spent a good amount of time in Arizona doing real estate stuff. I also went to University of Arizona. So I'm kind of like part Arizonan, I suppose. And what they've done there is decided there's going to be no delivery until 2024 so that everybody has to go to True Leaf or Harvest or whatever, right? And really, it's only to the detriment of old women and handicapped folks that can't get disabled folks that can't get to the dispensary, yeah. right? And so we can talk all day about the technology that empowers it. But like, delivery deserves to exist in the world for no other reason than that's how we order everything in the exactly. world, right? And like, at some point we're gonna figure this out and say like, hey, like, I know that I really like this plus gummy one-to-one -one, and I can get it from their website and it's delivered to my door, like, why isn't everyone going to do that? There's a question here, I promise. So there's been so much money that's been pumped into brick-and-mortar retail, mm -hmm. right? And, and you've made money from that, obviously. You make a POS system. 
should there be as much emphasis on brick and mortar today as there, it seems like there's more and more options for delivery, direct, D to C, branded, unbranded. Like if I owned a dispensary, I think I'd be shitting myself, man. Like, yeah. Um, dispensaries are needed. Absolutely. Okay. Now, what's, Good start. What's the, what's the focus here? Okay. Are we going to do retail, uh, storefront, right? Brick and mortar. Are we going to do delivery? My answer is, um, not to, class, uh, to, to say omni-channel is going to be the future. Um, you can't just sell on your website anymore. You got to sell on Leafly. You got to sell on Weed Maps. You know, there's a lot of regional marketplaces out there. You got to sell on. Um, and then, as you look at, you know, your revenue stream as a as a as a merchant, right? As a dispensary owner, it's well, where's my growth coming from? How do I expand that? And then delivery becomes a natural extent of that. Um, <clears throat> it also helps with the retention, right? Once someone knows what they want, again, they they kind of use the retail storefront as you know a way to go learn about products way to go explore but again mm -hmm. once they find out what they want it's just, hey convenience please get it to me and in uh, california it's pretty wild to see some operators promising 30 minutes or less amazon yeah. does not do that no that's no, crazy so it's and, it's and wild why to do see. you think they do that is it because it's <clears> so competitive they think that's somehow giving them an edge yeah i think um they do view it as a competitive advantage to offer something like that um, so it's, it, it is, it's a unique, uh, unique model. If it, if you can pull it off, it's difficult. I think we spoke about the models, which is very interesting. It gets to the cultural essence of what cannabis is in California or otherwise. I talk to Robert of Onfleet about this all the time, yeah. about the different models, right? Are we like a ice cream truck, truck model, right? Are we like restaurant delivery? Like what's the best way to do this? And I think it's gonna be very interesting because it's not a technology question. It's a question of like, how do people wanna buy weed? And are they buying edibles and beverages and everything else or do they just want flour? And if they just want flour, can they get it from the black market, right? These are all these questions that like, as consumers, we now have to start asking ourselves. And then when you get to that answer, well, there's a solution for you, which is beautiful, right? Yep. And it's just now that we're starting to say in these more advanced markets, like, what do I actually like? Do I actually like pre-rolls? Or is that just like what's been around, yep. you know? And I think that's that's so fascinating and delivery and particularly direct to consumer is gonna play a big, big role there. Um, I know firsthand, I'm gonna interview someone who's gonna be on the show tomorrow. They're launching a massive D2C network in California. I won't I won't uh, release the, the headline yet, but they have a lot of money behind them they're going directly to brands and saying, we're gonna deliver straight to you. You don't need Ease, you don't need Flower Co, whatever else, you know? Isn't that the future? Like, no. I, I, for me, it's like, I know I'm ranting here. It's for okay. me, it's like, people drink Jack Daniels, right? Mm -hmm. And like, they don't go to the bar and say, hey, do you have another whiskey I can try? They just like drink their drink, right? And once you realize, again, that you really like Space Gems or you really like Kiva Dark Chocolate, like, aren't you just gonna like deliver it to your house? Yeah, yeah. no, I think uh, D2C is really interesting. It's something that <clears throat> we focused a lot at when I was working for Samsung, that was the name of the game. Like, how do we go direct to consumer, yeah. right? How do we beat, how do you? How do you uh... So actually, let me cut you off, sorry. I had a meeting <clears throat> with Samsung on behalf of Onfleet 
Oh, wow. To talk directly about this. Yeah. And they kind of like told us they were going to acquire us, which was nonsense. But, you know, like it was, it was interesting. Exactly yeah. what you're talking about. So, um, so yeah, so, so you're aware of that. It's just, you know, it's a matter of time. I think it's a beautiful business model. You look at outside of cannabis, um, there's so many great companies popping up around this, right? Harry's Dollar Shave Club. Um, you look at like Butcher Box or there's so many. Whatever box. Whatever box, right? Um, and I think that's coming. And we have uh, a couple things on the roadmap to, to help address that. You know, mm -hmm. if you kind of look at the issues, um, the challenges that come with this, it, it is significant. It is not an easy feat here. One, payments. We don't have a credit card. We can't take credit cards in this space. Yep. So yep. how do you hold someone accountable for their subscription? Mm -hmm. You got fulfillment. Metric makes that extremely difficult. You have to go through a distro, then to the retail, right? Ultimately to the consumer. Mm -hmm. You have to coordinate that delivery, right? Because you have to go to the signature. It's not I can just drop it off when I want. Yep. And by the way, we don't have FedEx or yep. UPS. Yep. Um, there's a lot of challenges that go into yep. it. And so it's something I've thought about a lot. I'm very passionate about this subject. I would say um, it's going to be happening. Um, that said, I think you need to look at it not so much as a single operator fulfilling D2C, rather a network um, of dispensaries helping to fulfill on behalf of. Well, that's kind of how it's been today, right? Yeah. That's kind of how it is. Like behind the scenes, you, you don't to. really know who's delivering it. Yep. But I think that's changing too. And I just wonder like if the dispensaries, are they going to be able to hold on to that sort of, because like where is their place in this online viral funnel? You yep. know, where, where do they land? You know, are they a distri distribution center? Right. Yeah, that's like that's what happened with ease. Right. Like that's, that's the ease story. So, um, yeah, anyway, very interesting times. I'm not expecting you to have all the answers, but <laughs> it's fun to talk about the questions. Um, what other partnerships are valuable to you? We talked about headset. We talked about on fleet. Who else is, is yeah. relevant? You know, a lot of, uh, especially when we look at retail, I mean, the, uh, online marketplaces are just pretty uh, pretty meaningful, right? We just talked about that funnel just a few minutes ago. Um, so we you know we launched a, a two-way integration with Weed Maps, um, first of its kind for online ordering. Um, and I think I like to highlight that one because we always try to lead with integrations, right? Things that just haven't been done before that are going to make a meaningful impact on customers. So you know if we can save a resource or two, that's significant cost savings, right, to that dispensary. So with Weed Maps, you know we kind of tapped and said we would love to integrate the online ordering experience. Right now they have to double enter the order. Inventory is not you know, yeah, synced. It's a, it's, it's a nightmare. It's really difficult for these folks. And they have two, three full-time people dedicated like dispensaries just to manage these things. And so um, Weedmaps was you know, awesome in working with us. We kind of gave them feedback on our API and how we've structured it with you know, things like, uh, partners like Dutchie or Jane and how this is what we've seen work and what doesn't work. And we really collaborated together to get this thing to where it's at. And so really happy to, you know, say like since uh, I believe November or December um, of 2020, we had this thing, you know, the Weedmaps online ordering available, which is pretty cool. That's very cool. Yeah, it saves a lot of time. And I, you know, it's, uh, it's really fun to watch that product take off. It's doing really well. Such an interesting story, that company. Yeah, it is. Just the ups and downs. I mean, one of the oldest brands in this, right? I'm actually happy. I think it's good for the cannabis industry that Weed Maps is is doing well. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, of them. You know, Chris Buell is the CEO over there, and I talk often. Uh, their whole team, their technology team, and ours talk often. Um, so there's uh, we we give them feedback on where we want to see this thing go, and they've been you know in the last call it year and a half and super receptive to the feedback. So that's a that's a partnership really happy about. Um, same with Jane. Right, great uh, 
uh, a great company to work with. Uh, they're really pushing the future um, of online ordering. I think that's great. Um, Leafly working on a great integration with them right now for the online ordering as well. So um, we really believe that you know Blaze is going to be that funnel that's going to catch all these orders. Doesn't matter where it's coming from. Get so them where in is the overlap there? Do you make a menu product? Is that something that you do or? Is that always integrated somewhere else? Yeah, so we do. Um, yeah. We've got, um, uh, we take a different approach than let's say uh, the meadows or you know the trees of the world where you can pop up a menu, right? An embedded menu, which, which works, it's mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. uh, we do offer one of those. It's, we, we kind of say it's, it's something that's gonna live there for maybe a month or two until you find something you like. And it's not mm. because it's, uh, it's bad, it's just something we don't focus on too much. Yeah. What we do like saying is, we can provide builders tools to go build websites. And if you're gonna take your digital property seriously, we're gonna back you and have your, your back with that. So we've developed uh, a really awesome WooCommerce extension, mm -hmm. which a lot of people build on WordPress. So uh, WooCommerce is a pretty popular mm -hmm. uh, uh, like uh, e-commerce engine that's used. And so we integrate directly with them. That allows the dispensaries that are gonna take this seriously to build their own experience. Right. Fully integrated with Blaze. And how much are you seeing that now, where they wanna own that their own experience? Quite a bit, that's yeah. where it's going. So you're getting more sophisticated. Yeah, and so then the question becomes, okay, let's take a, a company like uh, Hey MJ. I just love referencing them, right? Um, great, great company, great yeah. software stack too. Um, they're leveraging the Blaze APIs directly. And so they're completely controlling that flow, completely making that unique and... and What's your breakdown of customers that use the API versus not? Um, I would say at least, uh, when I say API, that means they're using a partnership of some sort yeah. too, or direct just API, they have their own dev team kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so if it's partners, we're just gonna say that, I would say 95% of our customers are using the API. That's a great sign. Yeah. That tells you that your customer is pretty sophisticated, right? Yep. Because um, there's a lot of companies that their customers are not like that. And it's a big division. It's a big difference, right? Yeah. Um, we talked about partnerships. Let's talk about competitors yeah. a little bit. Um, there's no shortage of them. Uh, you talked about trees. You talked about meadow. Yeah. Obviously, you're sort of partners versus competitors in some areas, whatever. How do you think about that? Is there a big company out there that keeps you up at night? Or? Look, uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Like, we are just... For me, seeing customer obsessed is just, it helps me focus. Um, and that's really what I focus on. I think, you know, you gotta be aware of the market. You gotta be aware of the, the moving pieces. Um, I think um, for, for us, um, not, not a single competitor that we're particularly like focused on right now. I think uh, if you look at the ecosystem, it's gonna, the competitors are gonna be here in a year, are gonna be, the competition in a year is gonna be very different from now. I think you're seeing a lot of people that are pretty shaky year already from an infrastructure stability standpoint mm. with their software mm. that um, you know, it's, it's really showing companies that are well architected, that have good technology, that are standing up against massive volume, right, on a 420 or something like that. So think about your, if you're an investor yeah. in this space, right? And just by the definition of this industry, no one has that much experience. Right, investing in cameras. Yep. And you get to the place where you've, you know, this company's raised 10, 12 million dollars, right? A lot of money. And you soon find out that their architecture cannot stand up to the traffic that commercially they're driving. I mean, that's like a nightmare, man. 
Yeah, it's pretty. That's that's pretty terrifying. Yeah. And so. And that's um, like amateur hour, right? That's like somebody wrote a big angel check, didn't think about it, was someone smart, and didn't didn't do their due diligence, right? That like, and this is when it starts to matter, right? Yeah. When you get to the anyway, keep going. Yeah. yeah. So I think um, look, we're going to stay focused on building a great product. And again, as long as we keep seeing growth, as long as we see customers saying that you're you're on the right track, right? We want to give you a little feedback here, but this is awesome, right? Keep the APIs going, keep letting us build on top of you. Um, that's when I get excited. Um, and I think that's uh, where we're staying focused. And I think, um, yeah, competitions, there's a lot, but at the end of the day, like you look at volume, you look at numbers and, you know, our numbers stand on their own. So frequently, I used to sell, so I sold Oddfleet yeah. for a number of years, right? So frequently, it's not an either or situation. It's more like, what's the best fit for this customer? Um, and that's often the best sales technique too, yeah. is right, right to say like, right we're not right for job. everybody, yeah. but like for the right person, we're perfect, you know? Um, how do you think about that? You know, like that, that's a challenging thing to say, yeah, go try the other guy, no problem. And if they do, why do they come back to you? What, yeah. what's, what's the right customer for Blaze? Yeah, the right uh, customer for Blaze is, we kind of touched on it, pretty sophisticated. They know what they need from a technology uh, uh, footprint, uh, vertically integrated. They have a cultivation uh, footprint of some capacity, right? Outdoor, indoor, doesn't matter, uh, greenhouse. Um, they've got a distro or wholesale component to it. And then they want to connect it to retail. And it's not just, I just want to sell at a brick and mortar. It's, I want to take that to the next level. I want to do re uh, delivery. I want to own that space. I want to own you know, the digital market from an SEO perspective within my area, those are the customers that we're looking for um, that just will fit right into the ecosystem, allow them to really push you know, their business to the next level. What's the biggest reason that a customer is not a good fit for you? Oh, good question. I would say you know we have a lot, our, our customer architects kind of across the board, we have folks that are just you know small mom and pop kind of uh, delivery services, retail, then we've got some larger retailers, bigger retailers. Um, I would say right now, uh, for us, uh, manufacturers are not uh, a great fit right now. We're mm -hmm. something we're working on. We've got a product in the pipeline for that. A couple other companies working on that too. Yeah, it's yeah. quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and it's uh, it's an interesting space. It's a tough space to Roshi? win. Roshi? Is that the one that comes to mind, I think? Uh, so you there's, there's yeah. Roshi, there's Backbone. Um, yeah. I actually know, you know the Roshi team, they're sure. great. Um, small world. Small, it's a small world. world. But look, I think... Um, you're going to continue to see specialized software pop up. It's something that's going to happen. So for us, uh, that's that's an area we definitely want to improve on. Mm -hmm. But other than that, when it comes to retail, when it comes to distro, when it comes to cultivation, I mean, we're uh, it's uh, I wouldn't say we don't have a, a, a good customer, like a or I would have a bad customer rather. Yep. So, so you said you've, you're very California centric. Yep. To date, part of that growth must include other states, right? Yep. How much do you think about other markets versus capturing more of California a lot yeah so new markets is the name of the game uh, we've really you know since the raise increased our sales team and part of that actually has been the compliance team we've grown that because mm. new states changing regulations um, you know you can kind of see on my board here I think I got biotrack up under the product uh -huh. so we're integrating with the biotrack track and trace system right now so yep. that takes a lot of coordination between you know compliance we've got a full compliance team here um, and product and technology to get going so there's a lot of focus going on laying down the right infrastructure uh, for the product and you know, really focus on growth. That's that's where it's at. Got it. Um, California is great. We're going to continue to grow, but we need to start making some good headway in the East Coast. So when you think about 
I'm glad you brought up the East Coast. Yeah. Namely, New York, New Jersey. Let's talk right? about the it. The big markets. Yep. What's the game plan? How do you go there? How do you win? Uh, we got boots on the ground there now. So, right. uh, yeah, we've got teammates there. Um, you know, we're, we're getting networked pretty well. Um, obviously, it's a smaller amount of operators, right? So, or licenses, rather. So, you got to play the enterprise software game, which yeah, you know sure. how to do that. How many are there? Do you know? uh, I think there's 10 right now. Uh, I think that's going to expand a little bit. Um, but that's fun. Yeah, it's uh, obviously that, that narrows down your chance of winning, right? So, yes, you got to win. Um, so but if you win, the ACVs are big, right? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love uh, good, good ACV for sure. But um, Nothing turns me on like an ACV. Right. You know? <laughs> that's annual contract value. Yeah, for those that yeah. are not aware. Uh, but um, yeah, I think uh, New York's going to be interesting, very relationship-based, um, and you got to show up the whole package. Um, this is something that... You cannot show up and not have all the integrations. You cannot ha you cannot be missing something. This is the big time. This is the big time, yeah. and so we feel like we've got um, we're we're rounding out any edges that we have and making sure that we are ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, and we're evaluating, you know, obviously BioTrack, which is a big part of, of what compliance is going to be for that state. Right. right. Um, also, a different kind of setup from a prescription perspective. There's just a lot of different things that go on in New York. Uh, it's similar to Florida in that respect, but it's. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be really exciting. We put a particular focus recently on Massachusetts as well. I uh, really like that because, again, you can only really go three licenses wide at, uh, wide at retail, and then you've got to go vertical beyond that. So mm -hmm. we like vertical integrated operators. So I think, thankfully, a big part of that expansion program is going to be live events, in-person yeah. events. And you mentioned how nice it is to do stuff in person. I've been lucky enough to do the last couple episodes in person, and it's such a different feeling. It's such a good vibe, you know? What's your plan for events for the rest of the year? And uh, I have this conversation with Onfleet a yep. lot. People like to spend huge money at MJ BizCon, mostly from my perspective, because I think it's easy, <clears throat> right? They're like, oh, we've got this marketing budget. When actually the hard thing to do is to go into little markets and have these little events where you get one customer or two customers, right? Yep. Um, tell me about your event strategy a little bit. Yeah, so a uh, big shout out to you know our marketing director, Steve Lynn. He's, he's fantastic. And Who really we started doing once a week, we're going to do, it's called Hazy Traffic. It's a Twitter spaces. And it's all in the weeds, pun intended, in-depth in conversation about digital marketing for brands. Anyway, plug, yeah, no, plug so, over. I mean, the strategy is really is really his. He laid the foundation here, and we'd love to, to give ownership. That's one of our, our leadership principles here at Blaze. Mm -hmm. So um, the it's going to ramp significantly here. Mm -hmm. um, we're really excited about it. There is... Um, Obviously, the big, you know, October, September is going to be just nuts. Um, I think we've got four or five conferences in October. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, and a couple of weekends are being shared. It's, it's going to be really interesting. Crazy. September's ramping. So um, we love that. We also are really trying to focus on what you said, the smaller events. Like, how do we do, um, you know, Blaze kind of like customer get togethers? How do we run feedback groups, right? How do we do this in a way that it says that, you know, everyone, is um, you know going by COVID precautions, but at the same time we're re-engaging. We're actually getting what we need mm -hmm. um, from this, so I'm excited. I think. So I'm planning what I'm calling like a music tour. Okay. It's nothing to do with music, but that's the way my brain works. I want to go with like you guys and headset and on fleet and the flower agency. All right. We're gonna make a 25 date tour. And each stop, we're going to do a live episode of this show and get a bunch of people together. And it'll be the most organic 
sales pitch ever. <laughs> as right. people come and then they say, oh, well, shit, I need a menu. Oh, I need an ERP. Oh, I need this. Well, we're here. We're right here, you know? And I just think, like, this show for me has acted so much as a Trojan horse. And, like, I think it's just beginning. Like, I think that there's a combination here. We'll go a little deeper. You've obviously paid attention to what happened with Dutchie. Yep. Right? So things are consolidating. And I think we have to do this. We have to say, okay, we know what the best softwares are in the world and how they should work together. They're going to work the same in Florida. They're going to work the same in New Jersey as they work in California. Yep. And I think like it's only going to work is if we all go together and say, like, hey, we don't want to be arrogant, but like we have some experience in this. And like this is what you need. You know, so anyway, that's my idea for a little I, like road show. Dude, you know? sign this up, man. That yeah. sounds awesome. Uh, yeah. It'd be so Everybody's good to, into it. It'd be to fun. Yeah. get into some new markets and just go talk to some different people and different operators. Like that's so. The name secondly, of the now I feel like I'm just pitching myself, but we're talking about <laughs> events. Also, we're at 44 minutes, so after like 30 minutes, a lot of people drop off anyway. So you talk about whatever you want. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's just rules of podcasting. Um, so the second thing is in 2015, 16, I did a conference called Elevate in Oakland, which was all for early stage founders and investors. And there like was no weed events, then, yep. right? So I'm gonna do the same thing in Manhattan or Brooklyn at the end of September. And it's not really a conference, it's more like a show. Yep. So like we're gonna have a series of interviews or panels or whatever, but it's not gonna be like, oh, we're standing in the back talking, whatever. Like you're gonna be engaged, you're gonna learn something. Um, and so that's kind of my entry point into New York, New Jersey, whatever. And again, I think it's the same thing, like look guys, we're not trying to be arrogant, but you should learn something from what we've done, right? right? So anyway, those are my two event pitches. But any other idea? What are you going to in October? You said you have four? It's quite a bit, October. yeah. So we're doing something in Boston. Uh, we've got, obviously, MJ Biz. Um, and then there's a few others, I think, in, um, on the East Coast, I want to say. Um, I don't have the calendar in front of me. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, uh, mostly East Coast, though. Mostly East Coast. So That's interesting. Yeah, we're pretty excited about that, putting some groundwork there. And then I'm just excited for some cannabis concessions to come back and yeah. some events. So I saw, you know, Outside Lands uh, is going to bring back Grasslands coming up in, uh, you know, I think it's Halloween weekend. Did Meadow get that contract again? Let's but... just say, uh, well, first off, Blaze won that contract. Oh, they did? Uh, we ran Outside uh, Grasslands for the first time ever in 2019. Okay. Um, so... You know, heads up. Uh, and then also in 2020, well, it didn't Meadow happen. did something too, I remember. I can't remember. Maybe uh, I'm wrong. Yeah, so they, no, um, also in the event space, they've done, I, I believe Meadow has done the, um, uh, what's that one in Santa Rosa? Um, oh, um, Hall of Flowers? Uh, no. No, that's the B2B one. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, so they, they've done some stuff in the concession space, but yeah. outside land specifically, we, we ran that. We had our distro software there. We that's ran awesome. about 60 registers. Um, you know, at the park, and it was just such a crazy and awesome time. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of uh, there's and, a lot. Of... And how about returns on that kind of day? Is it worth it? You make a ton of money. Like, what what's the deal? Yeah, so I think uh, a lot. Of, you know, the sales were good. I can't comment on the numbers uh, directly, yeah. Yeah. but I would say you know, from an event space, um, 2019 was challenging because we didn't get the approval. To go until I think about 72 hours before the event, we finally got the city to sign off. Wow. In this date. So we, I mean, you couldn't really, it was hard to throw a lot of marketing materials into that. The event sure. you know, sponsor and coordinator was just, we just didn't know what was happening. So this year is going to be, I think, a little different. I'm pretty, I'm just excited for live events to come back. Yeah. And when you get music, cannabis, man, it's going to be a good time. Yeah. So I'm excited well, to see stuff that like that. For a long time, kept me in the cannabis industry. Yep. 
was the people and the community. Yeah. And in the last year when it's all been Zoom and phone calls and everything else, like not that I don't do email and Zoom and phone calls, but then it starts to feel like any other industry, you know? And I don't I don't want it to be that way. I like yeah. getting together with folks and I like smoking weed. I'm not afraid to say it, you know? And that's just that's this industry and that's beautiful. You yeah. know, it's so wonderful. Um, speaking of sort of that community, I want to shift gears a little bit here sure. um, and sort of talk about the entrepreneur behind the company. Yeah. Um, that's you, by the way. Uh, um, do you remember your first experience with cannabis? I remember it vividly, okay. yes. Um, so as I mentioned, I went to Cal Poly San Francisco. I was a D1 soccer player. I was so straight edge. Yeah. Like in high school, I did, you know, I was very serious um, on that. And I, you know, freshman year, um, was just dead focused and ultimately after the end of the season, uh, I think this was like, God, what's that like June, May, June, something like that. It was summer's coming. And, uh, the team finally was like convincing me to smoke because all of them, a lot of the, the players did. And so they actually, the whole team did a freaking powwow circle of 20, you know, Peace pipe, whole nine yards. I think it was a bubbler, but we just smoked, and I had the best uh, reaction, just giggling. It was your first time. First time. And do you remember what it was? You remember what you smoked? I don't. I don't like remember because yeah. they 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 brought they it all. They it did around. everything, yeah. and okay. they were just they were cracking up because I was at a laugh attack. A, a and this is during the day or night? No, it was at night. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it was it was a great experience. They were super awesome about it. Do you remember like what you were listening to or what you watched or anything from that? From God, that? they had we. <laughs> We had something on the TV that I was giggling yeah. about, but yeah. I just could not stop laughing. Yeah. You know, that's it was, amazing. It was good. And so. so, was it instant that you thought to yourself, like, "This is me. Like, this feels good." Um, wasn't instant. Well, it was like, yeah, I really, I enjoyed it. I was surprised. Um, and this they, is like 19, 18, 19, something like that. Uh, yeah, it'd be nineteen. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was surprised. I was like, "Wow, this is pretty fun." And you know, I come from a background. My my family has been in cannabis for a while, so I don't. Oh, okay. I don't know if we've talked about this no. or you know, but you know, my father is a has been a, a cannabis attorney since two thousand. Oh wow. And he wrote the regulations for the city of Long Beach. Oh wow. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. So I've watched this happen, and I've been growing up with it. And it was like, you know, Chris, you stay focused on what you're doing. Do soccer. Do you? And you know, I knew what my dad was doing. Sure. Um, so to see, uh, to, to get into it was like, okay, I can kind of see what's going on here. And at least I got to experience it. Was cannabis consumption open in your house or no? It was like, this is a, my job. No, yeah. no. I mean, it was, you know, my parents are very open. It's like, you know, talk about it. And like, let's, you know, yeah. same thing when I was younger. You want to drink? Let's show you the drink. Let's, yeah. let's educate you on it. Because it is the same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, you know, it was very open and, you know, for me, it was, I was like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, this is, I need to be an athlete. This is what I want to go do for the rest of my life. Um, and so, yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of eye-opening at the point to be like, oh, I see what he's doing. Oh, whoa, this industry. So naturally I go on to Weed Maps back in 2010, try to place an order from a delivery service in the Central Coast. And of course, it doesn't come to me for three days later. Product's different. It was just horrible experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude. I could do this better. Yep. So I write my father, you know, a business plan. I'm like, I'm going to run a delivery service out of the Central Coast. Gives me, you know, 35K loan and off I go and I cool. run Cannabis and that's really what the impetus for Blaze was. Uh -huh. So I ran that for a couple of years and sold that, you know, right after I graduated, um, back of Prop 215 days. Mm -hmm. But um, really saw at that point, it was like, wow, we can really create some professionalism here. We have an opportunity to really like lay down the infrastructure for this industry okay, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And I got really excited. It became my senior thesis at Cal Poly 
actually back in the day blaze wow. was so yeah it goes it goes back for for a while very very cool yeah um and flash forward to today when you're not solving canvas problems <laughs> and you go home at night yeah are you a joint per flowers oh yeah flowers. what do you, what do you yeah into? yeah yeah so um definitely um you know, papers, flowers, like to, to wrap joints for sure. Mm -hmm. You um, roll them yourself? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, the pre-rolls are, I'll smoke them, but they're it's okay. my favorite. It's therapeutic so. to roll. I think. Yeah. So I like that. Um, and then bonks, you know, I've had my bonks uh, since for almost 10 years now. Call her, call her Big Bertha. She's awesome. Um, nice. 10 year old bong. That's I amazing. know. Just keep it clean. Keep it right. All right. Um, so lost a couple down stems, but it's cool. Shit happens. Recovered. Uh, but yeah, that's that's it. Do you then, like some of the new age fangled products, like beverages, for example? Yeah, beverages are fun. Um, you know, at, at Outside Lands, it was kind of interesting to see, uh, at least in 2019, those were one of the hottest selling things, was the beverages. And I was like, mm -hmm. it really hit me at that point, because I had messed around with some of the lemonades back in the day, right, and just all the different stuff, and I enjoyed them, they were cool. But I, uh, I haven't recently um, put around the beverages, but I know like, you know, Companies like Can, I mean, there's there's some really cool stuff going on. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you're married. Let's see your ring. Oh on. yeah, yeah. How would your wife describe what you do? Uh, she would say that um, you know, run a software company. Uh, so I, I think I think that's what you would say. That's what she'd she say. She knows what I do for sure. Uh, <laughs> she's been a big fan. She's actually been around uh, before. You know, she's been around for about ten years. So like we met freshman year in college. She saw okay. all this happen. She actually you know got the she got the guys uh, on the soccer team to get me to smoke. Oh, nice. So She's um, been there since the beginning. Been there since the beginning. What does she evolution. do? Well, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. Yeah, she, no, she's in technology too. She helps, uh, she runs a, um, runs the customer success team for a, uh, uh, like healthcare uh, monitoring company. Understood. So, Understood. Yeah, she's in the tech space. Very cool, man. Well, this has been so fun. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me again here. This is of your course. chance to plug whatever you want. What's the website? Are you hiring for something in particular? Yeah. The Perfect. floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, if there's any new operators out there or existing operators looking for something new, check out our website. It's www.blaze.me. Um, you know, reach out to us. Phone number's on there if you want. And then from a Java's perspective, we are hiring. I don't know if you can see my board over here, but there is uh, quite we'll a bit a of... Shot. We'll take a shot. Yeah, need Two engineers, an SDR, yep, which is an entry salesperson, onboarding, support, yeah. VP of finance. That's a big one. Yeah, that's a that's a big role. We've got okay. some designers. you got all that money in the door now. Yeah. Uh, designers. Sales compliance. There's, there's, there's roles. They're up on blaze.me forward slash jobs. Okay. Um, they're on there, so take a look. Um, yeah, we're, we're hiring across the board, so. Um. So I'll get you out of here on this one. Sure. As someone that grew up around cannabis, your family was in the industry, how do you feel that we're here with all, I mean, it's been ups and downs, like, how do you feel to be here? I just, I feel like the roller coaster keeps going. Yeah. And it's it's fun, like, it's such fast pace, and it's, uh, I'm excited to see some stability in some sense, right? We know this is gonna be here, there's, uh, the licensing phase for many, uh, at least in California, is you know, it's relatively established now. We know what to expect. So I, I'm proud of where this space is at. I think uh, done a good job to keep the community in, and you know, there's going to be a lot of consolidation. So we'll see if we can keep the the heart of the space still here. But um, yeah, I'm super proud of where it's gone. I think in the next five years, it's going to accelerate, you know, twenty fold. So hang on. 
Well said, man. I think that's as good a place to wrap up as any. Thank you again. It's yeah, been really thanks fun. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'll shake your hand because it's novel. Yes. We're both vaxxed, so we'll we do that. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. All right. Thank you.